This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Screen Talk. I'm Eric Cohn. I'm Ann Thompson. And uh, we were hoping to talk about CinemaCon this week, but since we weren't in Las Vegas, we decided that it was important to uh, find somebody from our team who could actually give us a perspective of what it was like on the ground. Unfortunately, our uh, business reporter, uh, Brian Welk, is here bright and early back from Caesars Palace in one piece. I hope you didn't lose all your money on the slot machines, Brian. Oh, no, just just the half life savings, uh, but all good. <laughs> Well, Thank just like so the theatrical business, <laughs> it's appropriate exactly. when talking about ex- the state of <laughs> you exhibition. Look, you look rosy cheeked and, and healthy. I mean, that's the thing about being in Las Vegas. It's like you're breathing this horrible air and you never go outside. And, you know, you enter this sort of strange uh, multiverse, if you like, of the <laughs> studios and their presentations. And I just wondered if you could go through, um, I know this is asking a lot, but you know, you watched every single studio make a presentation, show footage, and you know, from the reactions of the crowd there, the 4,000 or so exhibitors that were assembled there, at, at, how many fit into the Coliseum itself? Do you remember the, it's a lot. Oh, uh, I mean, it's huge. I mean, I, I don't know the the number, but I'd have to it's, it's look that up. But, so, you know, I talked to someone who was like, their first cinema an executive who was their first cinema con and i was like you know adele performs there that's that's she's like, oh my god like what am i gonna do <laughs> but you, i mean you're absolutely right that you see every single studio's presentation and by thursday you're looking back and you're thinking what did i see monday with sony or i've seen so many trailers so many different presentations and executives and celebrities coming through you it's all starts to blur together but there were definitely some highlights and that stood out for for each. Go for it. Yeah, Sony kicked things off, and I uh, we had mentioned that you know last year Sony felt like a really good place to kick things off because they were you know doing a victory lap with Spider Man. They didn't have a streaming service, and this year their pitch was really like, well, we have a lot of movies that we're pushing out. We have, I think they said twenty three different movies, which is a, a lot compared to some of the other studios, yeah. um, and they're they do have a good mix of the big studio ip and also the um smaller films the more original things spider-man into the spider-verse uh still looked really strong they showed an extended sequence and it's still not all done they showed us some in-progress footage but i was really impressed by what i saw from that i think it's going to be just as good as the original and um then, you know, we, there were some other fun things. I was excited to see Gran Turismo and finally get a look at what what that is as a fan of the games from way back when. Um, and then we also got uh, Jennifer Lawrence and No uh, no Hard Feelings. Uh, that looked pretty funny. Got some big laughs in the room on the, on the first night. Um, but yeah, they really showed a diverse slate, even if not the most movie star packed and you know they they have a lot to compete with in terms of the um, the IP and and all that 
So, um, but then of course they also had Napoleon, um, Ridley Scott's film with Apple. And with that, we didn't get a trailer. We got a single scene of a battle sequence and um, it, it's, it's impressive. It was dark. It was um, very, very intense, very booming sort of sequence, but did you see Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. You see him a little bit. He's not doing big (laughs) acting. It was really a more showcase for just the visuals and the the scope of it. You know, it's this whole thing on the frozen battlefield and Napoleon is, you know, sending these, um, these Russian soldiers to their, to their watery death and icy frozen tundra. Yeah, so <laughs> I love that Ridley Scott into his mid eighties is like doing stuff like this and going straight into like a gladiator sequel, like no scaling absolutely. back for that guy in old age. Yeah. But you know, so this was one or one of two Apple movies paired with the mm-hmm. studio, and they both sound like pretty big screen experiences because the other is Killers of the Flower Moon. So yeah. I'm curious, and you saw a good amount of that too, right? Well, with that we saw a trailer, yes, and that was part of Paramount's presentation, and of course Marty Scorsese was there to accept an award, the first Legend of Cinema Award from CinemaCon, um, which they are now- Very prestigious. A new new thing that they're doing, and I guess- A way to get people to show up. (laughs) Yes. And in fact, this was a surprise. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio ended up interviewing him, although it wasn't much of a interview or conversation um, because Marty just, you know, he goes and, and we'll talk about, you know, French new wave and for, you know, hours if you let him. So, um, but it's still very amusing to see him and, and a lot of fun, but I will say with, with killers, um, we've heard all the reports about the, the film's length and just how long it's been taking to get this movie to screen because of just its enormous cost. But I will say that what we saw, the footage, the trailer, I mean, it looks commercial. If, if anything, it does look like a, you know, it looks like Wolf of Wall Street in the early 1900s or turn the turn of the century. It's a, with that tone. I mean, it, yeah, right. It's it, when you describe it as like this, you know, serial killer FBI sort of thing. But he's talking about, you know, early on, you have Leo and he's um, getting berated by uh, Robert De Niro about, you know, the hunt for black gold and, and we, we mm. need to steal the oil. But it, there's there's a lot of, I think, classic Scorsese hallmarks and whether or not it, the actual film plays like that, I, I, you know, have my doubts, but it did look very commercial to me in a lot of different ways. And um, I was very impressed by, by what I saw from that. So he's worked with both of these actors many times over many years, but this is the first time they've worked together, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a potent combo. Like it's interesting thinking back on how last year's CinemaCon, which I know you were at, like the big story was Top Gun Maverick. And I was trying to discern, you know, I know we could talk about the flash and all the enthusiasm that's coming out of that, but it was interesting that everybody seemed to be trying to have that movie this year. You know, maybe it's killers, maybe it's flash, maybe it's Napoleon every day. It felt like somebody was trying to have that, that big movie. So Warner's was the next, was the big flash moment. Yeah, and I mean, I will say to to your point, Eric, that I think some studios, you know, we revealed a trailer. I, I think this year there was also not as much that went online immediately after the fact, which is right. a little different. Um, frustrating. So it, it is for a little us. frustrating <laughs> for yeah, because you're playing guessing games and just trying to 
describe what you're seeing of these short two minute trailers. And, you know, in, in the other way, it's like, you know, we saw the hunger games trailer and then that dropped online immediately after. So it was like, was it really that much different that we needed to be there for that in person? Oh, and I, I will say, you know, you mentioned um, just a quick aside uh, with Leo and and uh, De Niro. I think the the story will be Lily Gladstone. They were really talking her exactly. up. And just a little bit of the footage that we saw from um, from her looks like she's going to have a, a huge part in it. Um, so anyway, but um, you're right. I think you know, how do you you know, there's a lot of movies being shown. And how do you really have the one? that stands out and that, that really speaks to the crowd. And some of the um, filmmakers, some of the studios did that with really bringing out a ton of every star that they could and putting on a big show to go along with their, their movie trailer. And uh, others showed just bigger clips that we got 20 minutes of, uh, of the new mission impossible, which was phenomenal. We got 20 minutes of elemental, which, I enjoyed Paramount and Disney warmly. Right. Yes. Um, we, we got, you know, a longer look at, um, at Barbie. They, um, during, we got a, a big sizzle for a very unfinished wicked, which, um, closed out universal's presentation. And that looked really impressive, better than I could have imagined already. Um, all the rendering that they're doing with these worlds and an incredible stat that they explain that despite all the cgi that went into that film um they planted nine million tulips to create the the world around the uh the emerald city and at one of their sets and i thought that sounded phenomenal um a good and- selling point <laughs> a lot of people have been bringing up barbie to me i was sort of curious like what the target <clears throat> audience is there i guess i mean we don't know what it's rated yet but it seems like a sort of like a pg-13 skewing older more than like younger kids who might like barbie which i don't even know if younger kids do i mean my daughter doesn't have a barbie doll yet that's for sure <laughs> yes i i don't a think young, it's... Eric. Give her, give her time. i don't know i don't know what the right age is had barbie i was a tammy girl do kids ahead, even Eric. have them i guess some do <laughs> oh i'm sure it it does look a little uh a little more mature for um for that real kids crowd especially given this new trailer which had a, a, a this this new trailer gave a, a deeper sense of the plot that we see, um, and it, early on you saw that that shot where Margot Robbie is coming out of the uh, she, out of her heels and she's still you know like like this uh, just kind of perched. Well, the whole narrative of the movie is that one day she gets out of the shower and her heel comes flat, and suddenly she starts thinking about all these existential questions. <laughs> including like have you ever thought about death before which was um and and then finds herself talking with uh weird barbie played by kate mckinnon uh which was another phenomenal little moment and then they make their way to um the real world and get arrested promptly so uh (laughs) i I mean i i think with barbie they nailed it i mean we we could have been talking about this and how just i don't know lame it could have been or just how it's a movie that yeah, it, it, it felt it, like it could go either way it could be too rarefied even right it, it, there is a, a chance of that but it, the thing that it reminds me of in a way is like the lego movie that we have a, a thing that no one is going to really expect 
Um, but what it's going to be, but a a movie that combines that art and commerce in a better way than you can imagine. And it just looks incredibly Mm -hmm. funny. And, and I think the, the visual design of the Barbie world and everything they put into it really, really speaks and could lend to a bunch of different craft stories down the line. I'm really excited to see it. I think everyone I talk to talk that film up. It's, It's definitely a highlight. What so, was your reaction to the Flash? Yeah, that's. I think feel like that's that's what they real that's what they really want us to be talking about, right? Because you got the full the full yes. deal there, full movie. Uh, okay, uh, well, first of all, I'm not allowed to review it. You know that that's the review embargo is way down the line. But and, there were tweets out there that were really oh that yes. felt like review tweets. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, and let me give the normal caveat of. This is a festival crowd and the press that is going to be tweeting about this movie is going to gush and go crazy. Right. It's and very fanboy heavy, things. this crowd. Oh, yes. Yes. I was cynical. And I was skeptical of that reaction because of that. I mean, I mean, it's not, you know, it's also not Comic-Con and it's also not um, Tan or something, you know, so it's definitely it's in the middle ground. The people who are seeing this are CinemaCon you know, goers or their executives. And I mean, we talked to some of those folks and all of them still really like the flash as well. But even the press, the people on Twitter who are, who are writing all of those reviews, they're coming from the, the kind of fanboy websites. Yes. Yes. CinemaCon. Well, and, and, and the kind of prevailing sentiment that we were getting was best superhero movie or one of the greatest superhero movies really project. I mean, when I look at what this movie is, it feels like it's, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or or something to that effect. It's got the multiverse component to it, but also that they think it's good enough that they they're pushing past the whole Ezra Miller of it all. Well, they sure do. Well, we, we, (laughs) the trailer really was superb. They did, they did drop the trailer, but you saw the whole thing. That's true. The trailer dropped it. And so we saw a lot of Michael Keaton in there and so forth. Yeah. Ben Affleck, the two Ben Affleck. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of, of them and of Supergirl that really play into this. I mean, this this is like a almost a, in some ways it, it, it embodies maybe more of what you wanted from a Justice League film or from some of these other crossover movies. And I think like uh, maybe unlike Spider, uh, not not Spider-Verse, but unlike um, No Way Home, uh, what this movie does is it it brings in some of these legacy characters, but even um, tweaks the formula for some of those original films and finds new, new approaches to them. And, but, mm. and I think it's a lot of fun. I think it does a really great job of marrying the, the tones. It's, it's funny. It's irreverent. It has some more, you know, somber moments and just thoughtful sort of storytelling, it, it is just a, a lot of fun. And ultimately when we got to the end and the couple of reveals there, which I definitely won't spoil here, people were losing their mind in our press section. They were going nuts. And I think it's gonna have that sort of reaction. They they have won some of the cameo wars here. Like when you hmm. talk about these superhero movies that do these, uh, these different cameos, they really nailed it and um, you know, do I think it's the best superhero movie of all time? Uh, I, I don't, you know, with all due respect to Peter Safran, who I got to see again at, at this event. Um, no, but it is probably better than any of the other Snyderverse era DC mm-hmm. movies. It is probably better than any of the recent Marvel movies <laughs> post Endgame. 
So um, it's all about context. It's a real sliding scale when you get down I mean, to that. You're not going to compare it to Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. No, I mean it's 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 a different tone entirely, but it's a it's it's not as serious as as those films. It's not as serious as even the the Snyder films. Uh, it it just finds a, a good middle ground between really slick action and really good humor. And I think um, the machetes they like they did with it. They have these incredible set pieces that just really stand out and. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, someone pointed out recently that it's like it's been five years since Infinity War, which was such a massive achievement for this kind of storytelling in terms of how it brought all these storytelling threads together. Here, it sounds like you're seeing all even more story. You're talking about different eras of franchises being brought together. I'm curious about it, especially because we're now on the brink of the James Gunn era DC how much you see this movie as sort of setting up whatever seems to be around the corner. That I, I don't really want to get into too much. I mean, I, I would Vaguely. say, yeah, no, I mean, because it predates yeah, James yeah. Gunn. So it's a fascinating oh, yeah, totally, sort of totally. uh, challenge. And that's, um, I, I think just the idea, th there was some confusion that there were some lines that Saffron and, and Gunn said about how it might kind of tee up the future and hmm. whatever but that i think that was a little misleading like no, no one is gonna come out of this nest well i will say we also did not see a post-credit sequence the movie didn't uh. even have the movie did not even have uh, credits period it's unfinished although wow. it's it's finished um there's probably some mixing that needs to be done maybe some other you know you know vfx tune-ups or something but it is we did not even see a final cr uh, credits for the film. So I don't know if they will end up adding a post credit yeah. sequence. How did Zaslav present himself? I mean, what? Yeah, because as, as an addendum to Anne's question, I just want to point out, you know, the, they put that post credit sequence in for a Superman movie that never happened and on Black Adam because of David Zaslav having a meeting with The Rock. So maybe they learned their lesson there. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'd be I, curious. I, I want to be very, yeah, yeah, careful about any sort of, but I, to, to Zaslav, um, I mean, he, he gave actually a very rousing speech um, for, you know, we, we hear a lot of the, executives and i think one of the things about cinemacon is you hear similar narratives kind of throughout the throughout the weekend from all the different exhibitors and the nato people who are talking up how how cinema is back and the value of movie theaters and we've we start to buy into the narrative of the you know theaters as marketing or that that narrative that these streaming movies that turn into theatrical plays have now done better and and all the streamers get this now except netflix um but all of them get it and you you hear it a lot it's it starts to to wear on you a little bit um but with zaslav he he was very i i found him very earnest in in his dedication to what he's talking about and i didn't think that he was putting on a show in the same way um, or maybe he was putting on such a good show that you ended up thinking he wasn't. So he was convincing <laughs> as, as being earnest. That's a good thing. No, was was he likable? I guess I'm asking. He's a new guy so. on the scene in terms of how the exhibitors respond to him. 
Yeah, I mean, point, I mean, he also went to the Turner Classic Movies Festival a few weeks ago and sat on this panel with like Spielberg and all I these. I saw other him. Movies, yeah, right? I reported so, on it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, so clearly, there is an effort there to keep these different. He was he and he, he presented well there. I, yeah. I'm pulling up my quote that you know we some of the notes we took, and he said, you know, we believe in full windowing from of motion pictures. We do not want to do direct to streaming movies, and we're in no rush to bring the movie to Max. He said, Max is a great service, but, you know, he again talked about the fact that once they go into theaters, they perform substantially better. And um, I think that was as clear of a way that he could have said it than any, than probably any of the other executives who were there who still, you know, put, put on a good show about theatrical. I but- loved Rothman's quote about how, um, because we're just reading all of your coverage from right. afar, you know, we're, 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 we're gleaning everything we can. His quote was that you can't get a movie star without a movie in theaters, that movie theaters make movie stars, not streaming services. It's funny, too, because, you know, I mean, yeah, he, he said that. Yeah, um, exactly what you said that, uh, you know, I hope other people believe that that is what he said. I hope they believe that shit that. Uh, I don't know if I could swear on this podcast. You're saying um, <laughs> um, that that oh yeah we we don't need movie stars and because it sounds like Sony very much believes in still movie stars and and there are a lot of movie stars on the stages of of the of the uh, the Coliseum unless it was Disney which only had Melissa McCarthy there. Um, they didn't have any other executives. They, often they just don't. Their clips. Disney doesn't feel the the need, you know, they, they no. often don't. But who, who the got brand. the biggest reaction besides, I mean, Leo was in the other room, which was too bad. Yes. You know, he wasn't in the Coliseum, but who got the biggest reaction? Ryan Gosling, a couple times he was there, was very funny, got a lot of laughs. Seth Rogen had a really good line at kind of at Chris Aronson's expense. Uh, I love Chris Aronson. He's a showman. <laughs> He did a very He's funny the Paramount thing. distribution executive, and he always puts on a show at, at show at, at CinemaCon. Yes, and he this year came up out of a a manhole cover for t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Seth Rogen said that <laughs> wouldn't be the first time I've seen a, a studio executive crawl out of the sewer. <laughs> I'm so, sure he didn't prepare that in advance at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Uh, Rihanna. Well, what about Rihanna? Rihanna. It's yeah, Rihanna <laughs> there for 90 seconds and then but got a huge standing ovation or huge applause. And people were very excited to see her. I think that came as a surprise. And um, Will Ferrell brought out a dog for his movie. The dog looked the dog got a lot of attention, you know, and, and Will Ferrell was was excellent doing his his stick of Which kind of the old he uh, in? And what, he's and in a film studio? called Strays for Universal and it's an R-rated uh, dog movie where you know the 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 dog that Will Ferrell voices uh, has been abandoned and he now wants to get back to his owner so he can bite off his dick and uh, you know what yeah, the, of all the, the trailer for this movie is hilarious this may be the most commercial <laughs> well among R rated comedies that's certainly been a while since we've seen one really perform commercially so it is interesting. There- all this range of there stuff. were a few there were a few kind of r-rated comedies that was a little bit of a narrative that i was hearing that the, the maybe the r-rated comedy is back or they're trying at least so um we'll we'll see about that but how well something like this or no no hard feelings actually performed 
I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for for the mid level movies that the studios have to have to release if they're going to go back to a bigger footprint. Um, right. I'm just curious to see how many of them actually perform. That's the life question. beyond tent poles. And the other uh, uh, the the other question um, that came up, uh, I loved the idea that Scorsese made a case for independence in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we didn't hear about any other real uh, art house. Independence kind of, didn't uh, exist at this yeah. at this convention. That is true. Like we even had Neon do a presentation last year, and the only real indie presence we got was Focus um, as part of Uni's presentation. Uh, Focus did show trailers for the Holdovers and for Ethan Cohen's new film Drive Away Dolls, and also the trailer for Asteroid City. But uh, you're right. Otherwise, otherwise, we didn't get that many indie films. And Scorsese just basically said that we want to see, if you can, try and get more mid-sized movies, not even indie movies that have been labeled as such, but you know, the smaller films that might inspire the next generation and be the people that you know, maybe one or two of them do go on to make the next big blockbuster because they saw a smaller film that that inspired them and made them think about movies and that that you know will be an investment in the, the long-term future and health of the theatrical exhibition Martin. business yeah i and hope someone carries that one home. they didn't show uh they did not show the uh jonathan majors movie uh, no. instead we got uh next goal wins which that, that was a, another one that we've been We've been hearing about it for so long. That was on yeah. two Sundance wish lists for IndieWire. Two I think years there's ago. a reason. Well, let's I hope don't think it's Michael good. Fassbender, I mean, who I adore, don't get me wrong, I love him, but he's never uh, been anchored a hit in his life. I mean, it. it yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was the highlight of the weekend. I, I thought it was interesting. But, uh, you know, again, this came as part of a Disney presentation that, you know, just lent on it leaned on its uh its trailers itself it wasn't like you know taika or fassbender were there to to hype those movies up um which in some ways is you know a relief because you know disney kept their presentations short and uh they were able to you know get us in and out and you know wasn't yeah weren't like listening to a very long rambling vin diesel going off script or um something like that so any references to the ron desantis of it all or uh no, the universe no. I think what kind, of, what kind universe. of intel did you pick up from the exhibitors themselves and just on 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 the street you know you know one of the things i did talk with an exhibitor about was um you know i i because i asked the question about about apple and amazon and i was asking people you know how serious do you think they are um, we had a, a separate press conference with John Fithian that, and in his outgoing year, um, in which you know I asked directly about Apple and Amazon, and I think he was a little annoyed by my question. Um, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, ultimately, this you know because he referenced Apple and Amazon in his in his keynote address is being here and is like committed and we've announced these dedication to movies, but he flashed up both of the Bloomberg headlines and cited them. And I'm like, well, that's not an announcement. They, they have not announced anything and they're, they're not here with their own presentations, putting their own dog and pony show on. So 
what have you actually heard from them in that regard? And he said they were in other conversations they've had, they, um, they've been consistent, or at least on Amazon's front, he pointed to an interview that Jen Salky did with the New York Times. And he thought that what she said there was consistent with some of the conversations they've had. And, um, and he did believe in what Apple was doing. And uh, I did talk to some other, to your earlier point, I talked to some other exhibitors who had said actually that um, they had more positivity about both of them than even what's really been out there. And that's all he would really give me on, on that front. But that did give me some, some hope that we will see more movies and that the window that we're talking about with these is healthy. And, but the, the, that's the clarity we don't have right now. You know, we hear a billion dollars in, in an anonymous report, but we haven't heard that directly from Amazon or from Apple. And we don't know if that means, hey, we've got 12 movies this year that we're putting into theaters. And we don't know if that means that's 30 day windows before they end up on right. the thing. We don't know if they're doing day and dates. We don't know. All we know is. Well, Amazon, Apple we, movies do know, and, we do know that Amazon yeah. has Sue Kroll, right? Who used mm -hmm. to be head of marketing at, at Warner Brothers. And so they do plan to do wide releases like, like air. And well, yeah, yeah especially and, and since it, it, it seems to have worked. I mean, and they that, as a marketing launch. Yeah. yeah. And they slipped in a, uh, an announcement just, just as the flash was about to begin that they had merged um, Amazon and MGM's distribution teams and that, that um, they appointed someone new, forgive me, I don't know his name, but replacing the late Eric Lomas who got That's too bad. a lot yeah. of, yeah. a right. lot of attention, but you know, Eric, as it was noted to me by several people was, you know, an evangelist for getting air into theaters was mm. the person who was instrumental in helping Creed do as well as it did at the box office. So you wonder how things could change in his absence. Um, but, and now, yeah, they have combined these two teams. So there's maybe not going to be, well, MGM is releasing this one and Amazon is releasing no, this yeah. one. It's, it's all, it's all the MGM, same thing. Yeah. 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 And, but the other yeah. one, Apple is more like partnering with other distributors as opposed yeah. to doing it themselves. So that's different. You know? Yeah. They're, they're like renting a studio and what we don't know is, you know, unless the, they eventually buy a studio, which they very much could, you know, they, if they do what Amazon did and buying MGM, um, they're going to need a, a partner and even they're not going to have the, the ability to do a wide release, you know, worldwide platform um, unless they partner with one of these studios. And that is going to be interesting to see, are they going to, you know, stick with one, one spot? Are they going to do more? Um, it'll be interesting. And will I, they actually partner with someone. Oh, yeah. No. And or will they say, well, for this one, we're doing it with Warner Brothers. And for this one, we're doing it with, you know, another with Paramount. Yeah, Apple Play. We, yeah. We they're still probably movies, doing so. the numbers. They're, they're probably yeah. still crunching. I mean, they're 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 going to they can afford to do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. You just see how combustible this business is and has subject to, to the whims of the market. You know, next year at Caesars Palace, it, there's really no telling what that presentation will look like. That you just laid or out so many different, one. or yeah, if they're even moving, things change so quickly. And who the well, Brian, new of, uh, of of NATO will be? Who will be? All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Get Thank some you. rest. Yes.
Try not to think about movie theaters for a few days, you know, play some video games or something. Yeah, you were really uh, like helpful. Thank you. I've, I've learned. I've, I feel better informed. And like, Thank you so much for, for having me and look forward to doing this again. So, so speaking of big movies and their prospects in movie theaters, we got a chance to see the one that's right around the corner with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And it was really fascinating and talking to Brian about Flash because of the, you know, James Gunn is now going into this DC mode, but he's also sunsetting his time with Marvel with Guardians. So that has now been put to bed. I guess we don't have to spoil this movie to talk, but we could talk no, about whether or not we, we like it. We can do an overview. I mean, the, the James Gunn story itself, which is chronicled at great length in a really good story in The Hollywood Reporter, which I recommend, is so interesting. <laughs> the idea that he got fired off of this movie because yeah. of old, you know, tweets from way back when apologized, but they but Alan Horn got rid of him anyway. And then he regretted it later. And everybody apparently behind the scenes, the whole cast, they all backed him. They all backed him and they yeah. really got his job. Back but not before he went off and made the he suicide went, squad. Exactly. And exactly. basically auditioned for the job. DC uh, universe. So I think it's uh, it's a wonderful comeback story. And you can see that there's a this has that feeling of love, you know, that the whole group is is grateful to be there, that they love each other, that they're giving it their all. And it, it has that Marvel feeling that was missing, I think, from the last Ant-Man movie. Um, this one feels fully realized. It feels I was like actually... every detail is thought out and it looks good. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's because there's a certain template that was established for these movies and it's consistent with that world you know he built a, a world within the mcu essentially from a property that wasn't super popular so the first one you know almost was like being able to create original ip from scratch and that helps in situations like this i can't say i was bowled over by this movie i, I kind of felt like it was all over the place and a it little has sections. It has definite sections. Oh, a two and a half say, hour movie. It's got a lot of different sections to it, but not a lot of high stakes. I didn't think. I mean, well, yes, Rocket. Rocket, Rocket, Rocket is, is the more centralized. Okay. You get Rocket's origin story, which is actually very effective. I think it's the most effective thing in the movie. It's cute. It's and cute, it moving. but it's a lot. I was crying. And I was not that. I don't know. I mean, I, I I felt a bit like I knew where it was heading so early on. So we can and... give them the plot, which is basically that Rocket has been shot you know wounded and there's some complicated things about his inner wiring right. that make yeah. it they have to save him for them to save him in the usual yeah. instant way they all well, regenerate very easily and very yeah simply. and what, what one of these one of what that highlights also is this is sort of like a self-contained narrative there's not there aren't like big marvel storylines going on here as far as i can tell i didn't no, see they're all trying to save lot. rocket yeah, no references to and we Avengers. Get backstory, but yeah. there's also the subplot of um, the return of Gamora and her love affair. You know whether she is is going to be an, a love interest again. Right. Yeah, I like the way that was resolved. I gotta tell you though, I mean, this whole thing with the needle drops and the James Gunn approach of like this is like so much rock music. 
I liked it originally and I found it so grating now. I hand it this time. It's I just there's so, and a lot of times they don't really make sense. Some of the, I'm like, why are we listening to Bruce Springsteen right now? Or I was really annoyed by the use me. of that was over um, the closing no. credits. I love the fact that when you go to a Marvel movie, you have an entire theater full of jaded, you know, press people sitting through all the credits because yes. they know there'll be I felt like I was being held hostage and I, I was like I know it Let wasn't worth go. it either there it wasn't it was anything not. significant no anyway, well it tells you, you something you but I, we won't the end if you want <laughs> no 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 it does it it tells you something that sets up potentially sets up something but it's not a it's not a scene real the scene itself doesn't set something if you're just given some information that could be relevant to the future of some characters maybe but, yeah but yeah but I agree I mean it's it just I don't know. I mean, do do are people still invested in these movies the way that they were five years ago when Infinity War came out and established such a massive sort of, you know, there was that cliffhanger and the future of the whole universe was in balance. I feel like, you know, we always know there's another multiverse you can hop to. Things are never totally over. You can recast people or you know, reboot things and well, they kind of know. move a few of the characters around and and at the end and introduce new ones. Uh, so Will Poulter <laughs> has yeah. joined the, the group. Yeah, he's pretty exactly. he's pretty effective. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the kind of silliness of it all per usual. But, but I also felt a little tired by action it. sequences. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, there's um there's this you one the- <laughs> sequence in a sort of uh spaceship yeah. where but how many of these movies to- have we seen it, where like the, a giant the way it was shot was really good it was I know but how many times have we seen a giant burning thing fall from the sky as the climax of one of these movies I mean I I can tell I, I it's fun to watch it's like a ride I I just there's nothing particularly notable to me about how that goes down I would say that this one scene, if you have, what's the standard? What's the gold standard right now for action sequences? It's John Wick. John Wick is the standard. Sure, yeah. Very few people at this stage of the game, very few movies are going to be able to compete with that level of execution. And this one scene takes it to another level, which is pretty damn good. Well, the thing about John Wick's a really fascinating comparison is that it has you know, edginess to it. It can be fast and and almost uncomfortable and like viscerally intense. And it stays on some level. It stays within the real world. Yeah, but the Marvel movies can only go so far. I mean, it was actually shocking with the whole Thanos situation that they went to a certain kind of darkness that maybe some of the younger viewers couldn't go. But there is something a little cozier about Marvel movies that's supposed to make them more accessible. Know, to other but, but, you know, Chris Pratt doesn't necessarily get the girl, you know, I mean, there's there's other stuff going on. Rocket sure. doesn't necessarily survive. You know, we have uh, to see, you know. Yeah, we're not going to spoil anything. I will say that certainly trying to explain things to say like a 12 or 13 year old who might have certain expectations is kind of an interesting challenge. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm so. This is um, going to be huge, Eric. I'm sure. It's going to be successful. In I'm a way sure it will be successful. This will bring I, back the Marvel but, world. But do you really, I mean, because it doesn't set up 
the stakes of the MCU in the sense that, you know, it's separate nobody... from the other ones. So, so if you, when you say that it re reconstitutes the Marvel well, world they need or whatever, a hit I mean, is my point. They need right. uh, the energy that comes with a movie that reaches and connects with audiences right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the franchises do. I mean, it was interesting. But Marvel had that... been so successful for so long and yeah. now it has been on a, a slow curve. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, exactly. Curve. It goes back to that sliding scale. You know, it's all relative. Relative to Ant-Man, obviously, this one is is decent. But uh, anyway, I guess we'll see how it does. It's next week. And, um, you know, what kind of staying power is it going to have? There's not a ton of competition for a while on on that level. I am not worried about yeah. Guardians of the Universe. So that'll hang around. And then James Gunn can go off on his DC adventure. So we'll see how the next 10 years do for him. Anyway, well, and this was fun. Nice to uh, get a, get another voice on here to, to bring us up to speed. on. Maybe CinemaCon. I'll actually get back to CinemaCon next year. Yeah, sure. If you, if you think you can uh, hold on to your savings. Uh, but anyway, uh, rest <laughs> I easy. I, I know you've got a good weekend ahead of you and I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye, Eric. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.